Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello there, folks, and welcome to another edition of the Labelled Podcast. My name is Lucy. I am your co-host, and I am joined by my lovely friend, Alice, who is all the way over there. Hello, Alice. Hi, Lucy. I am. I am all the way over here in the East Midlands, whilst you are all the way over there in the (laughs) West Midlands. Yes, you make it sound like there's a wall built between (laughs) the east and west, and we can't, we never, never cross the wall. (laughs) How are you? All right? (laughs) Yes, I'm okay. Thank you. How are you? Good. I'm not too bad. I've had one of those mornings this morning, so I'm a little bit fraught, but it's fine. Uh, Before I knew it, it was half past 10. I was like, oh, I should be in the recording now. Uh, (laughs) Yes, one of those mornings. Never mind. Happen to everybody, don't they? And it is always when you are just getting ready to do something or you've got somewhere to be that yes. something happens. The phone so. rings and it's some somebody on the phone who wants to know into the nth detail of everything. And you're like, mm. <laughs> already some please? Yes. Um, my Mine is usually, as I'm rushing around, I knock over some kind of liquid that covers me and stains everything I'm wearing. So mm-hmm. I then have to add getting changed mm-hmm. to my list of stuff to do. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things, isn't it? But I'm fine. I'm here. I like doing this, so it's all right. You, you're going to de-stress me. Um, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> uh, we've got a guest with us today. We have. Yes, we have, haven't we? Yes. I'm very excited uh, about this one. Yes, I think this one's going to be really interesting. I think they're all going to be really interesting, yeah. though. So uh, I'm perhaps not a a judge i think we are um, always really interesting (laughs) yes we think so and if you think so you should leave us a review boom well done (laughs) (laughs) um our guest today is louise hickman uh who is originally was going to join us to be part of our uh disability technology series i think this is the second person who we just had so many people offering to come on that uh we've had to spill out of the series uh, so yeah louise is joining us today uh louise if you'd like to say hello to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself hello um i'm louise and um i'm thrilled to be here i love the the chemistry be- between the both of you you're just so funny and uh-huh. um, so i'm this is a, a lovely way to start friday morning so Thank you for inviting me. Um, gosh, about me, where do I start? That's a really big question. Well, um, I'm a researcher at Cambridge or Cambridge University. Um, I currently think about technology and AI, um, but I it's a bit of a weird one for me because. Um, I started out uh, many, many years ago as a kind of 
undergrad thinking about what do I want to do with my life as all undergrads do well I hope <laughs> maybe <laughs> but I was like oh you know so I I, I ended up doing um, like a American studies degree secretly because I wanted to go to the States Okay. <laughs> right. So it was like, you know, a, a kind of agenda, if you right. like. Yeah. It's one and way so to I, get holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, <laughs> so in that, I, I, I ended up going to do my year abroad at um, Berkeley University. And I don't know if you know this, but Berkeley University has like, um, or the University of California, Berkeley, that's the official title. And mm. um, they have like a really long history of having disabled students. And so when I was there, I joined the um, Disabled Student Union. Yeah which at the BP, actually, this is a really funny story how this happened, actually. And I'm now going to tell you this story because it's actually really funny. And so I self-identified as disabled and I'm also deaf. And I was like, at Berkeley, I was like wandering down the street and these people came up to me who I I knew because like all the disabled people live together and this kind of co-op system so like we all know each other right it's really amazing and i was like wandering along and they were like hey we're going to a meeting do you want to come and i was like sure so i went along i had a sounds like you've just been recruited to a cult (laughs) no no it gets better it gets better so my pa comes with me yeah lovely so we're like sitting there and it's like i don't know 20 of us all sitting around the room and I don't really understand what's going on and they all sort of turned to me and they asked me a question and I just went yes (laughs) (laughs) and they all were like they all nodded and then they all put their hands up and I was like why are they putting their hands up <laughs> what have you just agreed to? And then that was it. They had all just voted me in to be like the VP. Oh my like god! Of the student union, and I had no idea. I was just like smiling, nodding, like, oh, this, this is fun. Nice to see all these people. Alice, do you see what I mean about disabled people being interesting at dinner parties? <laughs> it's a real yes and like improv moment. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, we'll see who are this guy. Yeah, is. yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we could do here. <laughs> That's amazing. And I, and I walked out of that room, and my PA said to me, Sophie. She was like, "Do you know?" She said, "She's from Yorkshire. She's a real Yorkshire lad." And she was like, "Do you know what just happened?" And I was like, "No." And they were like, "She was like." She was like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, they just voted you in as the DP. And I was like, oh. And there was like no way that I could backtrack, you know, and be like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry, I, I didn't really understand what you were saying. It's a bit <laughs> like, it's a bit like, Alice, you know, when we go to like really loud, like, 
where there's really loud music playing and you can't hear what the other person is saying and they're talking to you and you're just like uh-huh yeah yeah because you're like i can't if if you if you repeat yourself i still can't hear you so i'm just going to agree and then you think to yourself i can't oh, let's hope they've not said like will you marry me or something because this my is be experience in in those kind of situations is different from yours because i can't even see the person talking no, to me exactly so i i have a horrible cringy memory of being at uni and there was a guy who apparently was talking to me full on minutes before i heard that there was someone talking oh, to me no. and just went sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry can you repeat that all again the last 45 yeah. minute conversation yeah, yeah. oh yeah no. so very very embarrassing um <laughs> it's one of those moments that's the kind of the like oh makes me want to curl up but there is a rule though it, there is i think there is a socially acceptable rule that you can only say sorry three yeah. times before so, you have to yeah, go yeah, yeah. uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just, just like, mm -hmm, yeah, sure. <laughs> just hope and pray that it's not, will you join this cult? Or <laughs> will <laughs> yes, you marry exactly. me or something? Exactly. Can you pay for the next 10 rounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just fingers crossed and go for it, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or you know you're on fire. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, yeah, I um, did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's great, it's great. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. burning smell is burning smell? <laughs> <laughs> A burning smell as usual. Um, so I'm, I'm 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 smiling those right now. I think this is hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> I have like so many anecdotes of mishearing or miscommunicating. I bet. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. So, how did you go from American studies into captioning and AI research? Well, um, well, actually, when I like. When I did my year abroad, came back, and then I applied to do my PhD training mm. in the the States again, uh, but this time in San Diego. And I went out there and lived there for about eight, ten years. And I loved the weather. I loved the tacos and yeah but so in that doing my phd there it can't it's quite different from doing your training in the uk for example where you teach at the same time to mm -hmm. undergrad but mm -hmm. all yeah. the time not just like a one-off mm. that is how you fund your career yeah so in that position if you like so think of it as like a job i i had to teach undergrad so that meant that i had to work really closely with captioners okay yeah so they would come and sit with me in the classroom and they would set up their laptop and mm. i would they would like feed the captions to my laptop and i would use that yeah as a way to kind of you know to communicate with the students mm -hmm. and weirdly i have to say that i really hated when the captioner captioned me that was like my golden rule that they could not caption me yeah yeah they, 
nothing more disembodying no. than mm-hmm. reading your own voice back yeah. at yourself while you're saying it. Yeah. I When I watch the news sometimes and they caption disabled people who have got a very, very, very mild speech um, impairment, and I'm talking about, like, you can still understand the person, but they still caption the person. I'm like, why are you... I can, mm-hmm. you know, everybody in this room watching the television can understand what that man on the telly is saying and you've decided to caption him. I'm not saying that everybody who's got a speech impairment can be easily understood mm. to people that don't, aren't used to it. So I am very used to people. I went to school with a lot of people with, with speech impairments. And so I am very, I can tune in very easily to people who can't form words properly. Um mm. When, when yeah. I say properly, I mean as you would expect as a as a somebody who can speak at a average sort of rate. That's what I mean by properly. Um, so I can tune myself in very easily to the way people like grunts and moans and clicking noises. I I know exactly what you mean just by like where even and even when it's like um non-disabled people if you are eating something and you're talking to me with your mouth full first of all that's very rude but secondly <laughs> i understood everything you just said can i have the carcass <laughs> yes they're in my handbag that kind of thing it's very easy for me to decipher but it does it, it i get that kind of it disembodying feeling because even though i can speak at the expected rate of a human being maybe when I see it happening to other people, it's like, oh, I don't like it because I can understand them. So, you know, do you know what I mean? Well, it's... That That's really interesting because, like, if we fast forward, like, five years or ten years, and I don't, I don't even know how long I've been doing this now, mm. um, ignore my kind of weird guesstimates <laughs> of years. Um, five, ten, twenty, thirty, I don't know. Um... I started, I've also started thinking about the politics of captioning, like who gets captions, like who, yeah. like automated captions. They can't often um, capture people with speech impediment. No. Right? So it, it creates this weird dynamic when there's like some people that get captions and there's other people that don't. And so, yeah, so that's what. Like a little uh, yeah. kind of insight to like mm. kind of the job I do now is like, yeah. Well, and I imagine you can extend that beyond the disabled community as well, because I'm sure that there are going to be people with accents, people who pronounce words differently because maybe English is their second language, yeah, exactly. which will mean that AI captioning might struggle to understand yeah. and therefore you know accurately caption somebody so it is exactly that that politics is exactly the right word um going back to what you were saying about when you were teaching um louise Mm. what so that was kind of your your introduction to captioning were you using captioning because you i suppose in america it would have been american sign language and you use british sign language or do you do you not use bsl that that's a really good question and i'm smiling lots right now <laughs> i know this is a, a podcast and uh 
I am nodding my head and smiling because this is something that I have been thinking about a lot. Um, it's, um, it's, I think this adds to the politics of like communication. It's, um, it's really weird because when I was growing up until I was about 16, um, I knew British Sign Language and I signed to my friends. We used to like do songs together in BSL. And so it was very much. Oh, and I even went to um, Death Club, like religiously yeah. went to Death Club yeah. every single week during the holidays. I was in Death Club. And then because I'm deaf and disabled, um, I actually went to um, Lord Mayor Trelaw, I think it's called Trelaw now, mm-hmm. um, for my A-levels. And when I got there, and, and this is like a, a sign of the time. I don't think this is like, you know, an institutional thing, but I think this is like the late 90s. Um, and they were like, okay, well, you're here now, and like, there's no deaf people here. And so... Basically, they said, stop signing. And so then I, I kind of entered into this kind of, oh, well, for the rest of, you know, until now, I've been more conscious of it, is that I went back to lip reading and not quite understanding, etc. And, um, and we've and it, seen the, uh, the situations that that gets you into. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a nice connection there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets me into weird situations. And so, yeah, so I think it's... Um, I know people talk about it, you know, talk about the politics of being disabled and deaf at the same time, and I know that there's been a lot of conversations around this. But for me, I, I kind of manifested through my lived experience and like I I've been forced to literally think about it more deeply you Mm. know so that's why Mm. I mean capturing in some way this sort of this weird space in between like hearing culture and signing you know it's like I don't quite fit in either world Louise, did, did you sign when you were in America then, when you were teaching in America? Is that why you used captions? Uh, no. Or because they were they were ASL and you were BSL? I did I did do some classes in ASL. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I actually also don't have very good vision. So right. it was really difficult to... Because um, actually, if you, you know, um, BSL, you sign on two hands. Yes. ASL then, is one uh, hand, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. ASL, the alphabet, sorry, the alphabet. So, like, the alphabet in BSL is on two hands, yes. and then in ASL it's on one hand. Mm-hmm. So that means the, the visual field is, like, really small. Yes. Mm. So yeah. I really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I've got my level one in BSL, and I when I was a child i went to a special needs school um uh, and i was there till i was about 17 
and we signed a lot of the time but then after sort of like 17 because I wasn't at school anymore and I wasn't around deaf and disabled people there was no real need for me to sign I didn't mm. need to sign at home so I forgot most of it and became very like I knew that I could remember the alphabet just about but then uh, for for work I decided actually I think this is a really good idea if I take my proper qualification and do it properly um and I uh, tried to learn it all again is when you're that bit older I think it's like learning a language when you're a child isn't it you know like mm. babies and things in Spain they they pick up languages very easily I think in other countries in general I think second languages are taught at a very early age um but I did it it was hard work but I did it and um yeah it's it's uh, but the differences between ASL and BSL like they're they're like you say their alphabet is all on one hand I think yeah. it's very good when you are in a bar and you've got a beer in one hand and you could sign with the other because it with BSL you can't hold anything it's just you've got to use both hands constantly all the time you know that's just I love I, that. I love one, that. <laughs> that's just one practicality I I discovered that yeah actually... I was gonna say we we see where Lucy's priorities are <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> yeah it's I think it's really and again, I'd like to think it's a sign of the times, as you said, Louise, but I suspect it is something that is still very, very common, is that there there seems to be a real push for people not to sign. Mm. And I just don't understand no, I don't either. why, personally. As someone who can't sign and my vision would not be good enough to read someone else's signing but if i were cited the idea of knowing bsl and being able to communicate with people who can't necessarily hear me like it's just i it just feels like it's a it's just a really cool thing to do never yeah. mind anything else it's like a the point thing... trick isn't it as well for, for non-disabled people you can go i can sign your name i can tell you what you know, I just just the you know being knowing knowing that if I came across somebody who couldn't hear me, that I could still just have a conversation with them, and the fact that they couldn't hear wouldn't matter. Yeah, would be that's really cool for me. Like, it's just overcoming. It's something small that I, you know, if I could, that I could do that could open up, you know, the world for myself and for other people. Mm -hmm. And it seems really strange to me that. There's this push to, and I, I wonder if it's because signing is such a visual, as in very easy to tell that's what you're doing, um, thing that it's almost a, you know, a, a, a hide, hide your disability. Don't show people that you're signing lip read because you can't see someone lip reading. Yeah. You know, it's a, let's mask this person's disability. But then again, I think as well, if you think about a two-person conversation, it's one thing, somebody signing at you, but then there is the non-disabled person who can hear, who's thinking, oh, they're, they're signing something and I don't I don't know what it is. If they could just text me, it would be a hell of a lot easier kind of thing. Um, but that that's on the non-disabled person. Yes, it for, is. Yes, yeah. you know, it's the same as if a French person started talking to you and you didn't understand French. Like that's on you yeah. for not knowing their language. Yeah. Like that's not on them no. for 
not speaking your language. Yeah. And I, I think it's also terrible that you hear stories of deaf children who are diagnosed with hearing impairment and then their parents have to then pay for sign language lessons to communicate with their own child. I think there is no there is no common sense there, is there? <laughs> really? Like my child is deaf. How can you help me? We can't help you. You have to go and pay for these lessons yourself. Even if it's just a basic to start especially, off with. Especially when there are, you know, lots of certainly special special educational needs mm -hmm. primary schools mm -hmm. where Makaton is just standard. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it doesn't take you could exactly as you said, children learn languages much quickly, much more quickly. Yeah. If you just started as standard being like primary school teachers need to know BSL yeah. so that as they're talking, they're signing so that children learn sign mm -hmm. as well as, you know, other stuff, other languages and reading and writing and all of that stuff that yeah. in a generation, any children born to hearing parents who have a hearing you know, who have hearing loss would just, it wouldn't be an issue because their parents would have a basic level of signing already. Yeah. But we were, you know, no one's going to do that. Although that, that would... I think we've solved the problem there, Alice. Yeah, but <laughs> vote for us. <laughs> I was going to say, no one's going to fucking pay for that, no, are they? No, no, It's going to cost too much money, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's just, I just think it is absolutely horrifying to, to be told, to be told that, A, you, your child is deaf. I mean, I'm not saying that that is like the world crashing ending, but it's certainly a trick. must be a shock to the system to discover that your child is deaf. Um, and then to be told, well, how can you help me with this? We can't. See you later. Bye. You've got to pay for it. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for everything. When, especially when you consider that, you know, when your mum found out that you were disabled, mm -hmm. that she could have turned around and got a wheelchair for you. Yeah like the second you needed it exactly, you know yeah yeah there's no it's it's my cane training and stuff that i had as a kid that was all free mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. why why is that something that's provided but signing learning to sign for parents isn't it's i don't know it, it just boggles my mind it really does i don't understand it what are your it's, thoughts louise i was gonna say we've gone on a bit yeah, of a, sorry, no no a no, no. I, I, i'm i'm really i'm really um curious because like um a few nights ago in the uk um i, I don't know her second name because i can't pronounce it so if okay. i can't pronounce it then i it, um the the deaf um actress rose um, aileen ellis is it okay i still I can't think. pronounce it <laughs> yeah. okay i'm just hard <laughs> and move on okay yeah, yeah. um she was on a documentary mm -hmm. uh, a couple of nights ago here in the UK and it was a really good documentary about her growing up in the UK as a deaf person and she was talking exactly what you're talking about now is the fact that her mum has to pay for lessons and the, and then she was like describing how like she would only communicate with her mum yeah. in the household and yeah. I was like oh that's so interesting you know like different types of relationships you have and just because her mum chose to go and have those um classes you know or pay mm. for them as well 
Um, so yeah, so I, it's something that's like been on my mind a lot, you know, especially now that it's getting more media coverage mm. in the UK. Mm. So, I mean, as as a captioning researcher as well, <laughs> I, I imagine this gives you a bit of a complex relationship with, with your research topic. Yeah, you know that it's really interesting because actually let 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 me use this as an opportunity to take a step back and also talk about the other dynamic of my research right which i became so fascinated with the people the sonographers the captioners who do the work mm. right so because they you know we because of disability like like rights movement we so often focus on the disabled person or the disabled community we often forget the people that are doing all the work behind the scenes you know personal carers captioners um, sign language interpreters and they what's really weird is because in some way their work is invisible we don't see it so when we're watching the television and we're like watching EastEnders we don't realize that somebody is sitting somewhere in an office transcribing that episode and choosing what words are new to describe a sound mm. but also like this is really bonkers I, I, I don't know that I, I vaguely follow this but um, I think, um, you know, the uh, series Stranger Things? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen it because I'm a scary cat. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was literally yesterday thinking about how great that show is. So I'm thinking about rewatching it already. It's not even like there's a, still a series to come out, but that's... Well... that's... That's caption... not not the point, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the the captioner on that show was so good at their job, where like using captions like really creatively to describe yeah. sound. That now they have a cult following. Really, captioner. Wow. Right? And I'm like, that is amazing. Like, I want to live in a world. <laughs> that we have celebrity captioners, yeah. we have celebrity audio describers, mm. you know? And so yeah. I, I like, so that's like a part of my work is really thinking about why do we hide all this, you know? Why do we hide, you know, the people that do the work? Because the more that we hide everybody that does that kind of work, more likely that that job will be automated or funding cuts yeah you know? absolutely absolutely and so, we so have to interesting be, yeah you know what i mean so we have to be like oh actually they're doing a really good job it's describing and the, sound. and the fact that the, the stranger things captionist captioner captionist yeah um I it's feel bad I don't actually know their name. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can do a Google, it's fine. Um yeah. she's obviously they're obviously very, very passionate about their job and the work they do. And why shouldn't that be recognized? You know, it's you know, somebody is taking that much time and effort to caption 
a program for other people to enjoy, why shouldn't they get the recognition they deserve? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the world I want to live in. I want to, you know, like, I fantasize about this, and I've even done this with my students in class. I send them to a museum, yeah, and I'm like, okay, I want you to pick different personalities, and I want you to do an audio description tour of the paintings and the objects, and so right. then, like, so I'll send them off, and I'll be like, you're going to be like a really sarcastic person, <laughs> right? Fabulous. And describe it, you Fabulous. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, as a way to experiment, and this not to say that we don't need, like, audio tours that are more kind of neutral, or um, other people can enter, but it's just, let's open up that conversation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think as well that if, you know, if somebody says, like if a museum came to somebody and said, I'd like you to record this, uh, audio descriptive tour in this tone of voice you've got to be able to go yeah i can do that that's not a problem it's no good going mm. i can't do that i could just do my voice and my tone and what you get is what you get you know if somebody specifically asks for yeah we'd like it like this please you've got to do it haven't you you know i've just googled it from what i can see the uh, stranger things captioner's name is Catherine van arendonk what a name. Yeah. What a name. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, uh, I'll mm. have to do a bit of research. I think that might be a bit of a bonus bonus <laughs> newsletter. Certainly content. somebody who's worth a worth a follow on the old Twitters, I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm. No, I think that's really it's really interesting what you're saying there about those kind of those hidden jobs and um and and the risk of them being replaced by mm. AI, I think, is also something really interesting. We, you know, there are there are parts of the kind of community where it feels like AI is absolutely the way forward, and there are other parts of the you know society who feel very afraid of AI. I think, um, but I think that you know the biggest risk that AI poses generally is those kind of job losses. Unfortunately, is the um, in some ways, it's incredibly kind of empowering and freeing, but in other ways, as you say, it's a real threat to people with a lot of skill and, mm. um, you know, speciality that that would be, you know, part of the magic and part of the um, effectiveness of what they do, I think, would be lost if they were replaced by robots. Well, can you, I mean, you can't have an automated audio describer for a horror film yeah. no. it's not possible no that would take a lot of training of data for something that is a one-off task yeah mm. you know, ai ai is good isn't it with a routine if you want it to yeah. do this however many times a day it's very good at that but if you want it to do spontaneity can't do that what is spontaneity because you need a human brain to be able to do spontaneity um yeah it's it's yeah it's really interesting um i think for the future of thinking about disability mm. and how we belong to the future we have to design ai system to be responsible and that is really really tricky when 
right I, i'm trying not to be like too researchery here <laughs> but but you know I, you know disabled people in the uk for example are often surveilled by you know the benefit agency if you like you know if you you remember those big like i don't know why i'm like saying this is in the past because it's not in the past but the big like books on the dla where yeah. you have like tens of pages of just being like you know um talking about your ability you know what can you do this can you yeah. take a shit can you prove, your prove how disabled you are yeah. yeah 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 well you know that is effectively is an algorithm 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 yeah because it's a series of rules that allocates points right yeah, yeah. which is data right? and we know how well that works yeah exactly <laughs> so in some ways historically we have been fed through this system for quite a, a while, yeah. but we don't often think about those forms as a form of um, algorithm. No, <laughs> no. You know, but it is. It's rules and it's data. Mm -hmm. And but now, what is happening? And this is what you know. I'm going, I'm a little bit nerdy now. What's happening to all these numbers? Is it being placed in a black box? And we can't get into that black box anymore to see what the rules they're working yes, with. Yes, I see. I get it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so... yeah, yeah. It's the unknown, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, how are we supposed to navigate the system if we can't see how see the rules of the system? Exactly. You know, how can you not break the law if you don't know what the laws are? Yeah. yeah you know if, yeah. if it turns out that actually nipping over the road when it's not a green man but that it's still no traffic coming turns out to be against the law like so many people are breaking the law on a daily basis but if mm -hmm. nobody tells you that how are you supposed to know yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. yeah and that and that's one of the the complexities a, bit, a weird word but you know what i mean that is like yeah. one of the things about ai is that we don't know the rules mm. and so that what the dangerous aspects of it mm. and you know obviously there's other good things you know but um i i try not to be like go down one side or the other i try to be like you know this balanced person yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah. you know but at the other end of the like spectrum i'm also like being yeah, but we don't see these workers that do all this incredible no. work of captioning or doing sign language interpretation, you know? So, I mean, that's like the big wide world of yeah. AI that I work in and try to work on. <laughs> Can you give us like the golden rules of what, what makes a good caption? And what makes a terrible caption? You must have, you must have read and whilst watched the stuff and gone, I can't follow this. This is awful. What, what is this person? Is this person even concentrating? And then you must have watched stuff like Stranger Things and gone, this is amazing. I am completely invested. I'm, I'm, in I'm, I'm a scary cat. You remember? <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's not seen Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the kind of thing. What, what is, what are the golden rules of 
captioning that makes it really something really good and engaging and something that's not as well ideal. Okay, let, let me tell you another anecdote. Yeah. Right. Um, like a few years ago, I I, I remember this really clearly. There was this thing that was going around on YouTube mm-hmm. called Captions. Have right. you heard of that? No. <laughs> no. And I assume they're bad captions. Yeah, exactly. It was like the early days of YouTube auto captioning. Oh, and yeah. so, so like comedians <laughs> would like rock off on YouTube and they would do the whole like sketch, you know, telling jokes and being funny. And then they would redo the same sketch. And then they would read out the auto caption <laughs> of their, their jokes. Yeah. And they were saying really weird things and it was so funny. It was hilarious. Maybe you can put that in your show notes. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely do a bit of research about that. I mean, thinking about sort of AI and the we we so we provide a transcript to every episode of our podcast. Yeah. And we use a program called Otter AI. Now Otter mm-hmm. AI is brilliant about eighty five percent of the time. We still have to go through the whole transcript and make sure that it's picked up what we've said and it's correct mm. correctly picked up what we've said. The amount of times that our intro to our podcast is um this is the same. Welcome, it's been the same for yeah. two years. Welcome <laughs> to the Label Podcast. I'm Lucy and Alice goes and I'm Alice. And that opening intro, which has been the same for however long we've been doing this, it always, nine times out of ten, goes, I'm lazy <laughs> and I'm Alice. And I'm thinking, that is very rude. I think Otter AI need to have, I need to have a word with them. But um, some of the stuff it comes out with, you think, I, that's not what I said. I don't know whether it's because I'm a Midlander and I've got a slight brummy accent that but I can't tell. AI is supposed to learn. Like, how is it not learned no. that we have corrected no. what it says every time? And gone, oh, she means Lucy, not lazy. Yeah, twice, twice a month yeah. for two years. Yeah. We've changed lazy to Lucy. <laughs> and it's still like, oh, God, this bit no, again. She's still lazy. <laughs> yeah. Her name might be Lucy, but she's lazy. I think you should rename your podcast. Do you? Yeah. Do you? To what? Yeah. To, to Lazy and Alice. <laughs> Lazy and Alice. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the cheeky, <laughs> the cheeky, you know, cheeky pun there. No, yeah, I don't exactly. really. But... We're just, uh, we're just, we're just giving in to AI and calling, calling ourselves uh, Alice and Lazy. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> Going back to your question earlier, yeah, about good captioning, I think it's a bit. It's really obviously this is me being a researcher, and I'm going to be like, that's a really complicated question to ask, (laughs) right? And I'm like, well, it is because there's politics still. Because in effect, like you guys, you're like a an organization that has, I'm assuming, limited supply of cash, right? Mm-hmm. So you can't get... Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you, can't, you, you don't have the funds to get it professionally transcribed, right? And that means that we... That's what I mean about, like, we have to think about 
the ethics of captioning and who had access to these services, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, going back to that, like, right at the beginning of the podcast, or somewhere in the middle where I was like, oh, yeah, I started captioning uh, with sonographers and they were sitting next to me. Like, they are... Those captioners have trained in a school alongside of them court reporters, Mm. right? So they're, like, really, really good at what they do, right? And so, I mean, when I say court reporters, I mean those... With the machine. Uh, yeah, 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 the machines, exactly. And yeah, they're yeah. called the Steno keyboard. You might see them in like Law and Order, or mm-hmm. I don't know what other cliche legal shows we have here, but you know, <laughs> they're they're in they're in the background, yeah. they're like, you know, typing away. Fulfilling a really vital role within the justice system as yeah. well. Exactly. And they are like when, and this is what's really interesting, putting my nerdy hat back on, is like, because they're trained in the same school, so not only are they providing real-time captioning for deaf people, they also write, they produce the legal transcripts, which yes. is really important for protecting people in legal systems. Mm. So... They're really, really, really good at their job, right? And they have, like, this long history of doing this type of work. And so I guess it's more about coming back to the worker, the person that's doing the job, rather than thinking about the automation of it. It's like, how do we get both ends of the spectrum? That we have these people that do a really good job, but then at the same time, you guys should have access to that too. Because mm, right? it is about that, you know, accessibility, not in terms of uh, kind of dis- disability access so much as in that kind of um, wider financial implications mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just spreading the word. You know, there are going to be people doing YouTube podcasts and things like that who would never have considered the need yeah. for captioning who will be using captioning to make and which then opens their show up to more people yeah but it's because it's that free ai sort of service that's opening mm. it up but then it makes it easy as you for say, everybody doesn't it yeah exactly but yeah. then as you say the implications that that has on the quality of the work yeah. that that mm. has on the actual people doing those kind of really important high quality jo- you know jobs and stuff yeah do you know what i just this is like a little bit of a footnote here but when you were saying like youtubers you know that some youtubers turn off the access to the automated caption button what 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 are they gaining from that yeah yeah. yeah, it's so annoying. I mean, I think accessibility with this show, Alice, was one of the first things we spoke about, wasn't it? When we were talk, coming up with the idea of labelled and, and sort of the concept of it, we wanted to make sure that we knew that a large part of our audience were going to be disabled, and so therefore it didn't feel right for us to go, yeah, we don't do um, we don't do transcripts. Mm. And it's it's one of the things that for our show 
you know, I I absolutely understand that not, you know, I know that not all disability podcasts provide transcripts and do alt text mm. and things like that. And it's it's because it, it takes a lot of manpower. Uh, and yeah. the, you know, we've been really fortunate that we've been able to, between ourselves and the other volunteers that we have on the show, to to kind of consistently produce something but it's been really really hard work it takes a lot of time it's we, yeah we aren't we don't have the luxury of somebody who can do it with the uh, you know for want of a better word with their eyes shut you know really quickly and and we're almost like it's like second nature they have to meticulously go through everything because uh, like i said before the ai that we use can't can't be relied upon to go yeah that, that's the transcript done if it could be relied upon it it would take us literally seconds but you know but i it's one of the things that you know we i think we sit in a i don't want to be smug but i think we sit in a small group of content creators who do you know in spite of a lack of funding and you know limitations on our time and our skills and things like that that we do make the effort to wherever possible be as inclusive as we can and i think it's it's just i think it's our show is kind of evidence of exactly what you're sort of saying about that intersection between the usefulness of ai and the importance of a real person because the ai that we've used is not perfect yeah. in mm -hmm. you know in any way the I know Lucy you've used some AI stuff for coming up with um sh you know some of the details for show notes and things like that but then you also have to go in and do the work on top of it because it's never it never covers everything no um and it will tell you it will say that we've discussed a topic that we've or touched on a topic that we haven't discussed about enough to take that bit out and maneuver things around so it makes sense because you can't like lie about yeah we talk about this topic in this podcast mm -hmm. and then somebody listens to it going oh i was waiting for you to talk about so and so and you didn't yeah. where's the 20 minute conversation about giraffes i was promised yeah where's the 20 minute conversation about jason momoa that kind of thing it's like it's not there so where, where is it so it yeah we are that's, that's off there that's our, yeah, our personal private conversations yeah. uh yeah <laughs> no microphones allowed um <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's very. We have to back our AI up, te our technology up with the human person to go. Hang on a minute, no, you don't. No, no, don't go, run away with yourself. Um, it's it's so important to us that we can at least look. Well, we are providing something that. All right, it, it even the final transcript might not be perfect but it's uh, it's as close as we're going to get it with our time constraints and our financial capabilities it's as close as it's going to get isn't it Alice at the moment and one of the things that I certainly always say you know I, I think we kind of say generally on the show is if there are things that you think we could be doing that we're not doing to mm. make the show more accessible and more inclusive then please don't hesitate to let us know we're always really open to feedback about that stuff because you know lucy and i have only got our range of experience if there are things that our listeners need to be able to you know participate in this podcast then we 
and we're not doing it we want to know about yeah. it like you know we can't do everything but we will we will try very hard we will to look do at as every much as we available can. option before we go we can't do that i'm sorry so again we've gone on a a little bit of a sidetrack here but um this has been a really interesting conversation louise i think we've covered a lot of different stuff thank you we so have. much for coming on the show like i said thank you for inviting me you're very welcome is do you want to uh tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet is there anything in particular you want to plug or point people towards um i'm on twitter i am at lower dash lou hickey and i also have a a website which i'm having issues with at the moment but we'll bracket that we'll skip across it um louisehickman.com but um yeah i'm open to email questions you know i'm around great fantastic we'll make sure that we put all the links to you and you know anything else about the show in our show notes so that people can find you so don't be surprised if we get a few more followers when this episode airs. Yeah, this has been brilliant. I've really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, me if too. You, if you've enjoyed this episode, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. As I'm always saying, reviews are one of the best things you can do for the show because uh, it will, with the magic of algorithms, mm -hmm. it will help new listeners find us. So please do head over to uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh rate review subscribe because it makes all the difference uh that's it for this week and we will see you next time bye 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 Shh. don't wake dora thanks for listening to the label podcast if you like the show you can rate review and subscribe and you can follow us on social media at labeled pod this episode was edited by adam hall our music was by Maisie Crunden and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved. <laughs>